The Dane and Derek Show is an uncensored, unfiltered podcast. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. We are recording. Go ahead. Okay. All right. I am speaking at a normal volume of voice. Fantastic. We both look pretty good. Cool. I'd say we just dive right in. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Here we go. Hello, and welcome to the Dane and Derek Show, a podcast where two nerdy friends attempt to keep in touch and shoot the shit. My name is Derek. I'm a writer, director film person, an occasional D&D player, and with me as always is my good friend, Dane. Hey, I'm Dane. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna forego my normal intro because I'm looking at our, 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 our prep here, and it says here, a shoot the shit podcast where two old ass friends catch up and talk about life shit and shooting the shit, which is funny, but I need to know, here's the very important question I have. Does old ass refer to the amount of time you and I have been friends, or are we old ass? people now not of time that we've been friends okay cool because i was about to be very very offended but but i needed to check okay cool yeah. um it's funny because that's like at the top of every document but i never read that i think this is the first time that's been read on the show fair enough i like i like the intro you do uh better than this um but i i i just i just saw that and i needed to bring it out and i needed everybody to hear it um yeah. I think I leave it there as a reminder of uh, what the show is at its core. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, you know what? I'm kind of looking forward to being an old ass dude. Like, I'm, I think I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to that period in life. Yeah. I maybe feel- I'll take those. Maybe I'll eat those words real hard in 30 years. But like, <laughs> for now, there's something for very now. idyllic about it. Yeah. Um, but uh, this is our third and final episode on Ma, isn't it? Correct. Uh, Ma and video games will be the topic. Mm-hmm. But before we dive in that, Dane, what's the third Miyazaki film you like? I'm going to cheat. Are you ready? Okay. Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch, which is a video game animated by Studio Ghibli. Oh, wow. I, you know, I was like, that sounds familiar, but I don't think it's a movie. So mm-hmm. it is a video game that I was correcting that it's not exactly a movie, but that's, that's really, that's a great, that's a great pick for today. <laughs> um, Hold on one sec. Okay. Sorry. My mic was falling down. Go ahead Wait. and talk about it, Dan. Um, so it is a, like, it's a JRPG turn-based combat, um, it's kind of Final Fantasy meets Pokemon a little bit. And uh, Miyazaki himself didn't have like a really direct, uh, didn't have direct involvement with it. So in the same hand, I'll just also say Spirited Away. It's wonderful. It's amazing. It lives up to the hype. It deserves the the Oscar. And it also deserved to be the number one uh, highest grossing film in Japan of all time until like last month. Um, but anyways, 
the video game itself uh, centers around like a boy whose mother gets kidnapped by a witch, very Ghibli, and goes into sort of like a magical fantasy world in which uh, to save her. And the game is actually very full of 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 Ma, uh, just by the fact of how uh, the visuals are presented. Uh, lots of open space, lots of moments in which to breathe and take in what's happening in the game. Um, yeah, yeah. What about you? What's your third and final pick? My third and final pick is the is the. Uh, it's a it's a Ghibli film that we watched together actually in high school. Mm. Iki's Delivery Service. We walked to Will's house. That yeah. Worked. And yeah. not only was it a really like great film because it was it was like during our junior or senior year, one of those transitional periods. And so the yeah. film really resonated with me. In addition to watching it with like all my friends, and there being some really good homemade Will Cordell pizza, I think. So, yeah. I, I have I remember that that was a very that was a nice afternoon evening yeah good. I remember being very warm and very sunny and maybe that's you know probably contributed to why I love the film because I, I haven't seen the film in a long time but I learned that I learned recently that, the, that there are two dubs of the film mm-hmm. and I'm curious to watch both of the dubs and compare because I don't remember which dub we watched I don't either uh honestly I didn't even know that and I've watched Kiki's Delivery Service many times over the years, and I'm now suddenly like questioning: Have I been watching the the same movie different ways and just not noticing? Or, you know, and, and I'll, I'll I'll have to look into that. That's really interesting. So, yeah. So jumping back to video games and Ma, uh, what sort of thoughts do you have about? ma in video games dan so i have two thoughts first off uh i think ma is particular is difficult to achieve um without doing it consciously uh in in video games for a number of reasons one it's an interactive medium and ma is sort of i don't think by definition i don't think it's 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 stillness necessarily but it is not terribly active. So figuring out how to incorporate that feeling is very important. Um, Well, I think it's important. I think it's more, what more I meant is I think it's difficult when you're conceptualizing something that someone is constantly interacting with, pressing buttons, um, thinking of, right? Like it's not like a painting um, in which the negative space, the, the breaths, they just, it's just there all the time. And that because it's static and the nature of, of, I think painting and a lot of visual arts really lends itself to Ma naturally because of, um, because of its still nature in the same way that I think poetry leans, lends itself to Ma just because of the sparseness of the page, typically speaking. So I think it's difficult, definitely not unachievable in the same way that I think there are many books full of Ma and many films full of Ma. I think video games often have to pull the same tricks that film will do. You know, this is the moment you take the soundtrack away, or this is the moment where it's all soundtrack and there's no dialogue. It's um, all of those things. I also think that video games have 
a few extra tools that can make the moments of Moss super poignant and super strong when used uh, properly. On the flip side, I think video games might suffer from the Hollywood blockbuster, the Michael Bay problem, even worse than films do. Um, And I'm curious if you agree with me on that. But I think there is a deep fear in the video game industry of losing players um attention and then putting it on the game forever that you have to be constantly constantly with it on them like i i think of games like doom 2016 that game does not stop it just doesn't um or like call of duty uh campaigns like the single player campaigns holy shit like you're you're just going from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing you know there's not a moment to breathe in those. And I think that a lot of that stems from a fear of, of um, boring people, which is kind of like, as we've discussed over these weeks, the hesitation of Ma in particularly our culture, I think comes from a fear of losing your audience. Um, so yeah. What are your thoughts before we start talking about like games that, we think do Ma particularly well. I've already named a few. I think do them do it poorly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you're right about how video games can suffer from the Michael Bay problem very quickly. I think because you know because there's a lot of things going on on the screen. There's a lot of visual noise, mm-hmm. and it that was something that I was like following this development of of a video game Hades actually, and something that they were always looking for was to make sure that there was visual clarity on the screen that there wasn't too much noise when they were developing like new attacks and spells and sort of like boons they wanted to make sure that you could still visibly understand it without getting caught up in that noise and i think definitely because it's like a you know it's an experience it's an immersive experience so you're you know no matter what game you're playing you're pulled into a world where you know the, the 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 game itself extends beyond the screen you're looking at and so it can get really noisy really quickly mm-hmm. agreed to that Super point great yeah to that to that point i think um you know to to list off some games that you know do ma well like breath of the wild or even kotor or uh uh bastion um you know th- those are games where there are moments in which you can just kind of stop and observe what's going on and you can invoke that stillness as well but something that I really that in our conversations about like inhaling and exhaling with video games and consuming media, it occurred to me that perhaps Ma in video games is actually more of the intention to sit down and play the video game and then the intention to put the video game down and get back up. Perhaps that's where the Ma is in the video game experience, going into the world and then leaving the world. I feel like that is definitely a, I don't, okay. I definitely, I would agree with that in a very meta sense. I definitely think that like for a lot of people in their lives, me in particular, I think you as well, that sitting down to play a video game is a moment of ma in our lives for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. It's It's another like weird form of, it's like a, not a weird form, but it's, it's an alternative mod that comes with video games most unintentionally um mm-hmm. in a weird way but 
those are sort of my thoughts on it. I your comparison to Michael Bay was really good. I think that that's <laughs> a, really, a really good point about video games. Yeah. So I, I I have a quick list of some games that I think do um do this really well for for a variety of reasons. I think um I think Skyrim actually does Ma really well. Uh, all that time and space uh, given to just like walking between points, especially early on when you can't fast travel that many places or at best you can just get fast travel to like a place close and then you still have to do the walk i think the walk is actually really important to that game uh on top of that i also this is also to some extent for breath of the wild uh in skyrim your ui interface your health bar your mana bar all that stuff it kind of if you play and you walk for a little bit it vanishes if you haven't if you don't need it and I think that's a really important move because like you're talking about, about that visual clarity when you're playing, right? Like, I think that was a really smart choice on their part to just be like, no, you don't, you don't need this. You don't need this. And we'll bring it back when you do. Um, I don't know how you play Breath of the Wild, but every time I play, I turn off all the user interface except for the hearts and the little stamina wheel. Um, I don't know you could do that. Yeah, you so can turn I'm off the map. You can that. turn off all of it. And I loved doing that. It made my playtime jump by like six hours. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> I really, really loved doing that. Um, it made me be in the moment so much more. And Breath of the Wild has the word breath in it. And I think that's for a reason. That game does mm-hmm. the Skyrim like ma, like you have to journey and travel thing. Like seven or eight times over. You know, like it, it's it's kind of like that thing that was so good in Skyrim, like honed to a razor's edge. So I think if you want to see a whole game based around Ma, I'd say play Breath of the Wild or play Journey by that game company. Mm. Um, Journey is also a perfect, near perfect, in my opinion, representation of uh, Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey. So lots of learn in that game. It's it's kind of a, a piece of art about art uh, without being pretentious and still being like really beautiful and touching. So I'd say go play that one. Um, I think you're right. Bastion does a really great job. Uh, and um, I would also argue Dark Souls does um, simply because there's a lot of meditation required um, to get through that game. Lots of patience and lots of points of um, rest you're always like the whole game is about jumping from play points of rest to points of rest. Um, it makes you yearn for these moments of, of peace. Like it yeah. doesn't actually give you ma all that often. Uh, but the bonfires are when you reach one, the absolute relief, the, the, the joy. And like the fact that they make the character sit down at them, I think is a really masterful use of it without the piece really being fully about it uh i also want to point out i took some i I had some prep notes for our episode today Mm -hmm. and i just want you to know apparently this is the episode where i i talk about things written down um because my phone auto corrects and does things i don't have dark souls written i have dark soups um (laughs) like chicken noodle soups written and it's just and i couldn't bring myself to edit it it's just too it brings me too much joy but also on my notes um 
if if one would want to see an example of ma used really effectively followed up by um a game that really really could have used more of it within the same game i actually have a really good example um bioshock infinite have you played it i've not played any bioshock games and i've heard really mixed things about bioshock infinite so i'm curious now um i have mixed feelings about bioshock infinite in the sense of i think i'll just be honest i don't think it's good overall in the end i think it's very interesting as like a piece to examine and i think that there are some moments in it that are very uh tense and well done um but anyways the game opens in in the following way i'll just give you a quick description you arrive at a lighthouse um you are given a you're like you're basically a private investigator you are given a job go up to this weird flying city in the sky and bring back this particular girl and then your debt is cleared that's the whole premise you go up in the lighthouse you're excuse me goodness um you go up the lighthouse, you are taken up to the city in the sky, and then you're taken to this, like, terrifyingly bucolic and perfect version of, like, early 1900s Americana. Um, it's almost eerie by how cheerful and perfect and happy everything is. And you walk through it for about 10-ish minutes. Um and nothing goes wrong. There's not a lot of quote unquote gameplay. There's like things to find and you can buy things and sort of listen in on conversations and stuff. And then you get to this like parade festival thing. Wherein like essentially people are going to stone an interracial couple. And then you are given your first choice in the game. You can choose to cast the first stone or rebel and um i guess for you know take the take the do the quote unquote right thing i have my problems with that scene i don't think the game actually does racial anything that well actually but um the interesting thing about it is you never quite get to follow through on your choice because you are recognized as this like devil figure at which point you are forced to enact some horrible violence. And <clears throat> and then the first gunfight of the game happens. And it's really intense. And it's like this crazy thing because you went from this like hyper peace, all of this space into and now we fight. And it's crazy. And it's like really cool. And you're like, wow, that was like that was like really masterfully done. What a moment. What a what a what a scene. And then the rest of the game never does anything like that again. It is just this Michael Bay kind of endless string of gunfights and set pieces and action. And it never calms down enough again to ever hit any of its beats the way I think it needed to. Um, so like if you wanted to, to investigate something where you could see how Ma can be incorporated into something to really like hammer home this moment. Like it made the violence all this more gut wrenching and awful and the hate and all of it. Like it really made it stick because first it let you breathe followed by like 
entire game where it really really needed to do that again um i think Mm. you should you should play bioshock infinite if you have like 12 ish hours to kill on a game that i don't actually think is really worth your time (laughs) you know like that's not really (laughs) silly like but if you like there are some pieces of of artwork that i think are worth investigating and approaching because of their imperfections you know Mm -hmm. Like mm-hmm. there are some pieces of work that I find are just like, there is, there is nothing here to really learn from um, moving along. Right. Like you, like you should just yeah. kind of like avoid them. And then there are pieces that I find that there's like, wow, something was here. There really was something here. And it's interesting to, to go in and try and learn from their failures. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think Bioshock, I, that's the best I can say about Bioshock Infinite, is I think it is a game that is worth your time to investigate if you are interested in doing that. But beyond it, I, I just, I wouldn't waste your time. So. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. I don't own it. So if it if I see a sale where it's like a handful of bucks, maybe I'll play it but yeah i mean if, yeah if you could get like bioshock infinite on steam for five bucks i'd say buy it play the first hour hour and a half and you'll totally get what i'm talking about you'll gotcha. totally see it and i don't know if you'll fully agree with me or not like artist objective but you know that would be you would kind of get the gist of mm-hmm. the things that work and don't about it gotcha in regards to ma at least but yeah, that's, that's kind of like one thing that I was, I was really thinking about is games that do it well and that, and the ones that don't. And I think it has to do about do with gameplay. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I think that's, that's definitely a big part of it because the games you described have very unique gameplay, right? Like, Skyrim and Breath of the Wild are very open world adventure RPG where mm-hmm. you can make choices, but you are still a person in the world with a role. Um, you know, we, we've talked, we've, we've talked about Bastion. We've talked about Bioshock Infinite. And, you know, those are stories where you play a character within a world that has a little bit more of a confined role. Than... Yeah. And you have a, there's a distinct character with like a name that you don't come yes. up with, et cetera. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And that's, uh and it's interesting how you know like at the end of the day like they're different games but they're all trying to do the same thing trying to give you those moments like even like dark souls you know it's it's considered like the epitome of like gaming of like of like gaming in terms of like difficulty but it's also a game with a lot of ma in a weird way like you described mm-hmm. and i think that it's it, it does come down to the gameplay and how the developers allow the player to take moments for themselves, whether it's right after a big cinematic or while they're resting or, uh, you know, in a dialogue option. I think there's a lot of places in games where developers can give the player the option to have Ma, and I think that that's definitely important. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think using Ma well requires you to understand that nothing is something, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, like, 
I think like using Skyrim and Breath of the Wild as an example, the developers kind of on some level understood that what often seems like nothing, that the traversal between points is actually a lot of the game and that it should be enjoyable on some level or there should be something to it, right? Like Mm -hmm. in Skyrim, I often find that the best moments of like swelling, soaring orchestral score actually happens in those like travel moments. Mm -hmm. Um, And in Breath of the Wild, I think they kind of took it a, a step further by being like, no, the traveling really is the thing. Like, let's give them a glider. Let's give you like four different ways to like traverse the world a bit such that like there's there's a there's a sense of like this space where you're just kind of relaxing and you don't have to be focused on anything you're not worried about something you're not concerned you're not trying to solve a problem are truly enjoyable moments and don't feel like wasted time like I'm thinking about Breath of the Wild, and there is on some level there's nothing better in that game than jumping off of a very high point with your glider and going a very long way with it. You, you know, yeah. yeah. Like there is something about that that is deeply relaxing. Like it's like because nothing's gonna get you. You know, you're you're fine. Everything is good, and we're just gonna glide for a while. And so I think it's really important to know as a, as a developer in this very fast paced medium that nothing is something and you need to include it. You need to incorporate it and you need to develop it as much as anything else. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, and, and I, th- I also think of like, um, I think I'm thinking of like, quote unquote, like downtime moments also have an element of of space and and ma to them like let's use hades for example in hades um the vast majority of your gameplay is like a roguelike action rpg basic basically and it's lightning fast hyperactive color bright colors popping in your face like it's a lot it's beautiful and it's great and it's fun but it's a lot um and then the other half of the game is when you're back in your house and you're talking to all your friends and family and that part's also really, really fun, but it's not quote unquote gameplay as a lot of people think of it. Um, but they developed right. it and it's really crucial to that game in the same way that um, Dragon Age typically does that too. Yeah, the campfire um, with all your party members. Campfire with all your party members or um, in Inquisition, it's when you're back at Skyhold, which in my yep. opinion is the better half of the game, right? Like, uh and so like it i think you're also like you can also like uh kind of kind of know if someone's like really taking care with their game they they may it may still not be that good um but someone's really trying i think if they attempt to quote unquote develop the not gameplay parts of their game mm mm-hmm. mhm yeah. yeah, it's, you know, yin and yang. You got to have a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agreed. I mean, if you think if you think about it, like I will go back to Hades for this example, like you are you still make gameplay choices, 
um, in there. Like you pick weapons, you can go practice with weapons out there and you can still dash. Like there are still little bits of the, of the main game, quote unquote, main part of the game in it. And out in the world, when you're, when you're like doing your roguelike run, you can occasionally run into uh, NPCs in rooms instead of enemies and have a little bit of the house out there. Mm-hmm. And I think that is an excellent, excellent um, decision that you can see. There's that neither, they're not fully separate. Um, yeah. It leaves it feeling much more holistic as opposed to, say, Inquisition, where those two things are almost wholly separate. And it leaves it feeling little disjointed in a sense yeah definitely but yeah okay real quick what is like mm-hmm. the least ma filled game you think you've ever played like all the way through Ooh, least ma filled game i've played all the way through <sighs> um Uh, there's this game called, I think it's called Pads of Destinies. It's mm-hmm. like a five hour game mm-hmm. and it's five hours because there's absolutely no breathing room. <laughs> um, it was a fun time. I had a really good time, really great story, really great characters, but you basically play like a lovable swashbuckling pirate thief character that goes around trying to save the world. And you make all these choices, and then if you fail, it, you know, this magical device you discovered in the in the beginning of the game, like brings you back to that moment where you found it, and you get to start all over again and continue to make those same choices. Um, arguably, the maw in it is when you make your decisions, or when you are back and you get to decide like how you want to start your adventure again. But basically, like once you play through it, it it only takes like, you know, half an hour to an hour per run of the game. Mm -hmm. and um there's really no room to breathe uh it was a really fun game but you know no really no room to breathe and sort of just like let the characters rest and get to know the characters um so that was probably the the least mawfield game i've ever played but uh the developer has a new game coming out um next year or two and i'm really excited about that um so Support indie games, but also, you know, I <laughs> slow down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about you? Um, I'm torn between Borderlands, the pre-sequel, and Borderlands 3. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> I enjoyed both of them, but that was mainly because I binged them with our good friend, Will Cordell. Um, but yeah, there was no... <clears throat> uh con- contemplative moment uh in either of those and i'm just kind of left trying to decide which one is less um <laughs> i don't think i've ever beaten a game like those like those looter shooters i don't think i've ever beaten one of those games um the first one's really interesting actually like the second yeah. one they kind of hit their i think they really hit their stride and really knew what they were doing yeah. Um, and they had a couple quieter, they, they left some things in that let it be a little bit more balanced, but the 
first one's actually weirdly lonely. Um, mm. Like whenever I play it, I feel like this like deep sense of like sadness and like melancholy and emptiness that is not existent in the others. Interesting. Um, and it only, it's not in their like scripted stuff. Their scripted stuff is way more like the, the later games, but they're clearly working on like a much narrower budget and with greater limitations like there were not many characters or npcs especially npcs that um were friendly uh so and there were these long stretches where you were just in this like kind of bizarre sci-fi western mad maxi sort of world and there's this just quiet melancholy like music going huh and it was like it's really cool and there's a part of me that's like i get why they did the other thing because i think the other thing sells better and i think the other thing is what they meant to do all along but there's a part of me that just wants a whole game that is the other thing gotcha Um, so yeah borderland series definitely definitely not terribly (laughs) maw-filled but um, i only played the second one and didn't finish that one yeah you know they're they're genuinely not for everybody um and i and i i then the third one came out uh the day it came out and i started playing it i wrote this like massive twitter thread about why i still play it because i was as i was realizing it's like it's never a game i would pick up today and it's entirely nostalgia fueled like 100 percent nostalgia fueled for a couple of reasons um which i won't get into here because we're starting to run low on time and i want to ask final thoughts on ma because like this is it this is the end of it we've been here for three weeks yeah yeah, we've been here for three weeks, given pl- everybody plenty of time in between each episode to ruminate on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Ma, in and of itself, you know, it's it's like it's like when you're reading comics. It's the space between the panels, mm-hmm. in a way. And I think that there's like you gotta have it, and we all use it. We all do it. You know, we all find ways to put it in our art and to have it in our lives. Mm-hmm. But when you're intentional about it, I think I've learned from just our talks that there's ways to make things, I guess, there's ways to help you be a bit more in tune with what you're feeling through an effective use of Ma, whether it be gameplay or how you space your words or how you space out your action scenes, you know, it's in all sorts of matters. There's it 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 all goes towards helping you feel something on a much more deeper level so yeah, yeah. i i agree with you about the fact that like ma is going to exist on some level in your work just because i i think regardless of if you think it's the this exact term and this exact definition you know like you said if you're doing a comic book there will be spa- spaces between your panels if you're writing music, it will not be an endless drone of notes. Um, and honestly, if you if you do actually make like a computer generated drone, that is going to become your sort of your nothing, your baseline. So you're not going to escape it anyway, right? Like there, it's mm-hmm. going to be there. Um, and so I think about it as this 
you can choose to like how much it wants to be there. And when you're like, you're saying when you're being conscientious about it, you have much more control over how much Ma actually is in your work or not. Like I think of star Wars, a new hope it's got some Ma in there for sure. You know, some really great moments, Luke looking at the twin sunsets, for example. Wow. Very near. If you ask me a near perfect moment of Ma, but after the adventure gets going, it doesn't really slow down all that much. It's not really there, but it feels like it was controlled. Choices were made. Um, yeah. And so what I think it is, is regardless of how you want to think about Ma, if you're making work, you should know how to use it. It's it's a tool in your tool belt. And you should be you should be. If you ask me, you're leaving you're leaving something on the table if you ignore it. Uh, you're talking about how it like adds to the emotional like level of things, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, like what if you left out a score in a film? Exactly. I mean, that's a choice. You could do that, and maybe that would be a really good choice. But if you're not if you're if you left out a score because you didn't even think about it, um and so the sound of your movie is only ambient noise of the theater and your and your 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 dialogue and whatnot that's you you might be missing out you might be missing out on something right and i think yeah. ma is the same way if you're working with it well of course you can get more emotion out of your work you you're using another tool that's that you can't fully get out of your work anyways you're just making use of it um so there's just more emotional impact to have right like and so and my other final thought about it is i just if this doesn't come come through yet like clearly i'm not communicating well i really love ma filled work i really do um and so i'm constantly working to find it and to have it in my own work. And I, I really would, I would really recommend to people go find it, like go find it and don't think about nothing as nothing. See what's trying to be said in the spaces. I, I really think you'll be surprised how much is really there. I think that's as good a way of any to uh, end our series on Ma. I think that that's a really beautiful way to look at it. Thanks. I mean, maybe a better way would just to be like to end it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be, Probably, you know. <laughs> yeah, we, we can't because it's, you know, it's a pod. So, you know, you don't want to leave people hanging. It'd be weird. But like. It's just like five minutes of silence. Then it's yeah. like, okay, folks. Well, that's it. Well, this has been, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well uh dana it was wonderful talking to you about ma this week uh but we are out of time um yeah uh so that's it everybody uh thanks for listening and and hanging out uh next week we'll be back again with something probably nerdy probably um, probably we'll figure it out then uh so yeah uh, you can see, see what movies I'm watching on Letterboxd at Derek Aiello. And uh, 
you might notice that if you're looking at this, that I've seen Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. And uh, there's a lot of Ma in that movie, surprisingly. <laughs> um, and that's all I'm going to say. Plug in Tokyo Drift. Go watch it. Okay, I have an admission to make. I've never seen a single Fast and Furious movie. Uh, then you just got to watch Tokyo Drift. J- just watch Tokyo Drift, man. It's so good. There's like so much good Ma when they're drifting. There's these moments where it's like a big inhale right before like they like cut away to something else. And it's like, whoa, you really felt that. And it's it's beautiful um you should watch just tokyo drift just tokyo drift but i i thought hmm. it's unrelated to the first two and technically it's like the eighth one in the series chronologically speaking okay that's confusing um the third one in the trilogy eighth one in the series I find that deeply confusing. Um, but you can find me on Twitter at Dane underscore Fogdahl, which you could try and explain to me the Fast and the Furious uh, mythology and lore. Um, or you can listen to my show Diceology, which is like the science of dice on iTunes, Stitcher and Spotify. Alrighty, folks. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you next time. Catch you later. Catch you later.